Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting the Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email to let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Kara Tomei. And what I do on this podcast is seek out artists and creatives who have uh, hybridized their careers to include some form of innovative programming that engages the public. So that could be through artists starting an ongoing project, an artist collaborative, a nonprofit entity, an artist-run space, whatever form it takes. We want to champion artists who have embraced a DIY approach to going beyond the studio and entering into the public sphere with uh, any kind of project. So um, our goal is to give them a forum to share experiences so motivated people can do the same. It's also to help the audience learn about interesting and uh, innovative uh, projects around uh, Los Angeles is where we mostly focus. And I am very excited today to have the director of the Museum of Broken Relationships. Uh, Miss Alex Hyde is with me today. This is a very interesting project that might be one of the more unique I can see already or that from what I've interviewed people about. Um, it's a worldwide project that happens to also have uh, an LA connection. And it is, I'm, I'm, I have discovered it online. I haven't been to the space yet. I can't wait to go. It's on Hollywood Boulevard. And the space has been open for five months. It functions like a museum uh, for broken relationships. But it grew out of a project in Europe and has traveled Europe. And there's there's so much to talk about this project. It's also an amazing uh, website, interactive website and public uh, space online for people to share their experiences of broken relationships. So there's a lot to a lot of layers to this project that I want to hear all about from Alex. So welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to hear all about how this fascinating project started and has grown and has now, you know, become a Hollywood location. So why don't we kind of just start from the beginning, which, um, you know, just from doing a bit of online research, I know started in Zagreb, Croatia. A couple of artists had a concept for this idea and it became a traveling exhibition, which then toured 20 cities all over the world. And we'll go from there. But how did you, and and Alex, how did you find out about uh, this project and where did you come in to be engaged with it? I was uh, actually familiar with the museum from, uh, for a few years now. It's been such a big hit in, in Europe, and it's been traveling around the world. And, it, you know, it's the kind of thing that once you hear about it once, you kind of can't forget it. And when I heard a friend actually sent me an online job posting, that they and there was very little information. 
And I didn't know, you know, is this a traveling exhibition? Is this associated with the museum in Zagreb? Is, you know, what's going on? And I just, out of pure curiosity, I threw my resume in there because I wanted to know, you know, what's, what's happening? What's going on? Um, and, uh, and then here you are now the director. I want to hear yeah, a little bit more about, um, sorry to interrupt, but I do want to hear more a little bit about your personal background. But before I do that, I, I, let's just, because um, I want to make sure our audience is even understanding what this is. So um, mm -hmm. just talk about, like, you, so you found out about it. We, in 2006, I believe, is when the artist from Croatia conceived of the project. Um, exactly. Talk a little bit about that and how it became a show and then started to travel. Of course. Yeah. So Lincoln Drajan actually dated uh, the couple from Zagreb and they broke up. And during their breakup, they kind of joked that they could start a museum with these things that they had gathered between them that they didn't know what to do with. And mm -hmm. they stayed friends. And a few years later, there was an art fair in Zagreb and they thought, maybe we should see if there's something to this idea. It had been really percolating for a few years. And so they submitted the idea and it got accepted. And they asked their friends and family to donate these kind of totems of broken relationships. And they put on the first show at the art fair and it was such a big hit. And, and another institution immediately wanted the exhibition to travel. And it just started snowballing from there. You know, they kept on collecting items from the public with each new location that they went to and the collection grew and word grew out and they toured for quite a few years. Oh, they're still touring. They've been touring for 10 years now. And then in yeah. 2010, they opened their first brick and mortar location in Zagreb along with the traveling exhibition. What I love about just that story is, again, you two artists, crazy idea. Hey, this would be so great. You know, it was just like this zany idea, but it was an innovative idea. They started, yeah. and, you know, here you are, like, honestly, 20 cities all over the world. It has traveled to the U.K., South Africa, Singapore, Ireland, Turkey, Germany, U.S. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then the physical space. And then they, I see on, on, on the site it says, in 2010, won a prestigious award as the, quote, most innovative and daring museum project in Europe so mm -hmm. I mean it's just like in a nugget if you have a zany idea do it do it exactly right. I mean it's I mean you never know what's going to tap in and what people are going to respond to but they obviously you know they were joking between the two of them that this is something you know where do we put this stuff and mm -hmm. then it turns out we all have this stuff everywhere right. and the geography of where just the exhibitions have traveled have proved that we all have this and they still get submissions from all over the world. And then when we started our call for objects in February, you know, we were getting uh, things from all over the world, not just Southern California. And so it really shows that this is something we all have in common. And it's really beautiful, you know, poignant part of the human experience. That's right. And, and also, it has become quite a dynamic website where people can upload their stories of a breakup or photos, at, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, also, so when you go on the website, it is such a wonderfully voyeuristic thing as and kind of healing thing even for anyone because like you said we all have these stories and where do you put them and they exist in your memory and then they're gone and then they're put away in a box and in the corner of your mind and you know you're almost not supposed to revisit them 
but it's part of our personal history. And now there's this collective history being built with the website and the museum. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's too good of a, of a, (laughs) of a project not to have taken off, but the way it took off is, is still phenomenal. I'm, I'm really kind of reeling from thinking about, you know, how it has taken off into all of these uh, corners of the world, so to speak. So they, so the two artists who were in Croatia and they started to travel. And then, so I guess I'm, I also like to get into nitty gritty and really literally how did this work in terms of, well, funding and how did they travel this show to 20 cities and continue to, I mean, and then it became, it, it became very for, kind of formalized into this moniker of a museum, but also brick and mortar spaces. So how did that grow? How did they start and then grow financial support for, for the project? Uh, I think that with the financial support, it was, it was the individual institutions as they, you know, were like, we'd like for you to travel here, you know, come to mm-hmm. Copenhagen, come to South Africa, come to Okay, Seoul. so they got invited and by other museums or other organizations. Exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And the organizations believed that, you know, this is a really important show for our, you know, our visitors, and we want to, you know, incorporate this, you know, kind of, current archaeology of what's important to us now this is you know really wonderful art really taps into these kind of universal themes of the world and that's what this does just in in, an incredible way it really taps into what's important to us now what's our life look like now and how do we relate to people and how do we you know how do we heal afterwards and what do we do with these things and these totems that we create out of these relationships and so with all of the touring and then they were able they got enough um uh, the word uh they got enough awareness and popularity that they were able to you know make this self-sustaining museum in Zagreb where people you know when they visit to Zagreb it's something you have to do you've got to come and visit they created a beautiful gift shop as well and then with that kind of support they were able to do, uh, what's in the know, gift shop? Are they, oh are the options, like that's so um, funny. Like what? Just like stuff about relationships. Amazing. Tell me. Is there it's, a gift you know, shop like, in Hollywood? Yes, and we do friends. have a gift okay, shop. Okay. So what's what's in the gift shop of this of a broken relationship museum? You know, they've got the bad memories eraser, and they have. I mean, obviously, there's the catalog for the book for the show, and then there's the bad memories eraser. There's the tear proof. Um, umbrella there's the branded tissues there's the in case of emergency chocolate you know it's it's really fun because you know this is it's it's serious but it's also you know this is life and we have to laugh and we have to cry and we have to go through all of the things and you know it's been really fun to you know see you know the different aspects of it and you know have a little a little trinket to remember the museum by yeah, and I, I mean, I'm just, I'm even scrolling through the website as we speak, and please, uh, you have to go, everyone who's listening, to, the website is brokenships.com. Mm-hmm. And so, brokenships.la for the Los Angeles location. Right, brokenships.la for the location, and brokenships.com also for the stories, because, you know, it is, it's object-based, but it's also the story that goes with it that makes exactly. it so, you know, poignant. I mean, you really live 
you know, reading through someone's recollection of what this object meant. I mean, I'm just scrolling through and I'll just reel off a few images that I'm seeing. A plush Snoopy given to somebody on his 17th birthday by the girlfriend. Also, I will mention it's not only about girlfriends and boyfriends. I see a very poignant one about something that someone's mom gave them before the mm -hmm. mom left the family or, you know, so it could be any quote broken relationship. It can exactly. be familial, familial relationship or whatever. Oh, you've got any, everything from a toaster oven to puppets to an iron to a toy to a key, uh, handcuffs, figurines. I, I mean, it goes on and on. And it's just interesting to see like, how this one object then stands in for this person's, quote, relationship and then the story. You know, it just takes on, these objects take on so much meaning, which is really cool <laughs> it really is yeah and we de there's definitely the things that you expect you know we get the love letters we get the engagement rings and the wedding dresses but then like you said it is these you know you don't really control how what becomes important to you so it is the toaster oven it is the you know the spoon or the dog hair brush um it it becomes all of these different things and we all have them. Uh, you know, you're, you'll be cleaning out a closet and you'll open a box and you're like, oh, I didn't expect to see that today. Um, because they do sure. have, they, we, we invest so much memories and emotion into them. And it's, it's really interesting to see, even if, you know, you don't necessarily relate to the toaster oven per se, you know, you might relate to the, the story behind it and the emotions, because this is something we all go through. Nobody and nobody is spared. And going through the exhibition, especially since it is so global, you see, this is, this is something that we all, this is a human experience. It doesn't matter if you live in LA or Zagreb or, you know, Mexico City or Copenhagen. It's, this is something that happens all over the world to every single person, and we all have this in common. And so these times when you feel the most alone is actually when you're really the most connected. Uh, it's, it's a really, it's a very unifying experience. It, it is. I mean, the website alone is, is an amazing platform. And then, okay, so let's talk a bit about how the LA space came to be. I understand this, um, that uh, a, a person named John B. Quinn evidently mm -hmm. discovered um, this on a vacation and loved the idea. And so who is he? Where did he discover it? How did he then say, hey, I, I, you know, I want to start this in LA? He, uh, John B. Quinn is a lawyer here in Los Angeles, and he was on a family vacation last year in 2015. And he was visiting Zagreb, and they went to the museum. And he was so blown away by what they put together and the mission and the message. And he was just thinking, this is something that would really fit in with the cultural and creative landscape of Los Angeles. And he reached out to them right away, asking them, you know, what does it look like to bring this here, you know, permanently have a sister site? Is this something you're open to? And um, they get you know, hit up all the time about, you know, with interest, but they really connected with his entrepreneurial spirit and he, and his vision for the museum here, which was, you know, really a world-class institution to have, to be able to house, you know, this ever-growing connect, you know, collection and getting the word out to more people of this, you know, this amazing art project. And so they started, putting it all together immediately. And, you know, a little bit over a year later, we opened. That's amazing. That's amazing. So did you say that, so he was the person who 
found the space and and made this you know the space happen i mean a brick and mortar space can be expensive it's on hollywood boulevard so did how did the procuring of that space come to happen yeah it was it was hard actually but you know trying to find a place to put this somewhere la is a very sprawled city you know where you know where can we put it where as many people can come as possible because we believe so much in you know the power of the exhibition and how wonderful the art project is so it was finding something that was centrally located and large enough to house the collection and we found this wonderful space on Hollywood Boulevard. It's the old Fredericks of Hollywood building. Um, oh my gosh, right. Which is hilarious. <laughs> yes, and so, so they, hilarious. and so we found it and, you know, we started construction immediately and it wow. was, and then, yeah, opened, we moved into the space in January and opened six months later. Just as an aside, because of course we are on the World Wide Web, Fredericks of Hollywood is an infamous lingerie store, probably one of the first, you know, it, it, I think it was founded, oh, I don't, I, what, do you know, 50 years ago, 40 years, I mean, Alex, do you know the Fredericks of Hollywood uh, history? Maybe, you know, not that you have to, but I just know that it's one of these icon places that mm-hmm. kind of had been in LA and Hollywood forever and ever and ever. And, um, and it was a uh, fancy lingerie store <laughs> exactly. before people could go online and get that kind of stuff. Um, we, yeah, we joked. We joked that it's a. It was maybe an original museum of broken relationships because we don't know what kind of <laughs> right. broken relationships that that lingerie story might have have you know caused. Factored into. It was definitely into. a little bit more racy than your your usual lingerie department right. at a thing. Uh, at a absolutely. department store. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That is, that is great, great energy there. So it's a permanent space forever that, you know, the building is basically, or they are, you know, it's yours in terms of having the museum be there. And on Hollywood Boulevard, with all that foot traffic, how amazing is that to have just, you know, people be able to wander right in. Um, talk yes. a little bit, so describe the space itself and the physical space and kind of the experience of coming and paying your admission fee and walking in and kind of what, what, what someone would see so we are you know the space is beautiful we had it designed by uh, Ryan Brown design and you know it's all very modular because we didn't know what kind of objects we were going to get when we started designing the space are we going to have five big things and 10 small things and 50 medium-sized things Mm -hmm. so it's very open um, and beautiful and we really wanted to make sure that we designed a space that felt very safe because some of these stories are really powerful and, you know, we're really asking you to open your heart and your mind and to feel things. And with that, we wanted to make sure that it felt like a very Zen spa like safe place that if you were to start crying, (laughs) which happens, it's, you know, it's, it's okay. It feels, you know, you're, it's a very removed from the hubbub of Hollywood Boulevard. So when you come in, you're immediately transported to this very beautiful white, you know, well-lit space where, you know, the objects are also really honored. Um, Pieces are very, you know, profoundly ordinary things. These are the teddy bears and the old letters and books and, you know, all those kinds of just regular things. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, you know that we're taking these stories seriously and that this is a museum that this isn't just a collection of objects it's not just a cabinet of curiosities but this is a serious exhibition and when you walk through i think the combination of the stories and the objects and the design and the way the space feels 
was all very considered so Mm -hmm. that when you came through and, you know, you bought your ticket and you walk into the exhibition, you're like, okay, this is a a beautiful, serious space. And I'm going to, I'm going to feel good about having, you know, bought a ticket and spending some time here. It's a really lovely, it takes about like an hour, hour and a half to go through all the stories. And, you know, it, it feels, really wonderful when you're done uh, of, a, of a really beautiful afternoon and, and a really nice place for contemplation and exploration of, you know, your own past and friends if you come there or loved, lovers and loved ones. It's a really wonderful place to conversate about, you know, your own lives and how your broken relationships fit in with that and how you're not alone. And it's a really wonderful it's a really wonderful place. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look, and, it, and yeah, I mean, it looks very beautiful and it's pedestals and very, I mean, the, the, it is definitely, like you said, it functions, you really are treating it as a museum with objects to be cared for, I think, and, and to be protected and put in a pedestal and under light and the stories are with, are they kind of like labels next to the pieces that, you know, go, go with and, and you can just take as much time as you want. There's, you also do public programs. Um, I'm do. scrolling through Facebook. You have a good Facebook page as well. So people should friend you. you, friend or like the, the Museum of Broken Relationships Facebook page. Um, for instance, you have something this evening, uh, making meaning of your story with, with uh, let me click on it, <laughs> with Jeannie Steinberg. So talk about the public programs, which I see are a lot of things about writing about yourself and meaning and your stories. And that's a whole layer that is uh, unique. So as an example, talk about tonight's event and the kinds of things that you've been doing that way. Definitely. Yeah. The, Jenny is part of a uh, 10 week lecture series that we've done where we're kind of getting people from different entry points that are tangentially associated with broken relationships. So she's um, a a psychotherapist and she, you know, talks to people about these things and she wants to talk to people and about, you know, making meaning of your story. Like, how do you talk about yourself when you're talking about what's happened to you? Are you the hero? Are you the victim? How can you change that to help you go forward in a better way and, you know, take ownership of the things that you've done wrong or understand that the things that other people have done to wrong you wasn't necessarily in your control and you can take strength from that and move on um, or help, you know, get those tools to help you, you know, handle things. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And last week we had uh, a feng shui master talking about how important your space is and how that can help you, you know, get more security or clearing your energy and your relationship corners to, you know, what are your priorities and how, you know, it's really important to, to face those things that, you know, your life can become, you know, cluttered in your own home. You know, you've got that closet or that drawer that you don't uh, clean out. What does that mean? Um, When you clean it out, then that means you're facing those issues and how your space can be a reflection of yourself. We've had authors come in and tarot card readings and uh, about, you know, how do people use tarot cards to help with their relationships? We're going to have another psychoanalyst coming in talking about, you know, what happens to your brain when you're doing, uh, when you're going through rejection, like what's actually physiologically happening to you. We had the head uh, sociologist from Tinder come in and she was talking about conscious uncoupling and how, and how that works and what that means and why, 
you know, people act in certain ways during a breakup because it is hardwired into our system to start separating in different kinds of ways or push people to act in a different way so you feel better about your actions. And wow. it's been really important to us to have these this program because we want to make sure that even though we're on Hollywood Boulevard and we're trying to be as central as possible to let Los Angeles know also that we're here for them also. It's not just a, we're not trying, trying to be for the tourists to come through, although we also love them to come in as well, that also, if you live here, this is also a place where you can come and, you know, learn something new. We had a art therapy workshop on Saturday that was wonderful, and it was about transforming, you know, these objects of pain into something beautiful and positive. We're having a poetry workshop in December talking about, you know, how you can use those kinds of, like, therapy tools to help you get through a broken relationship or work out your feelings in a new and different way and a safe environment that's creative and positive. And it's been really wonderful to have these different types of events because then, you know, Angelinos do come out as well. Or if you happen to be in the neighborhood and you're walking in, you're like, oh, and this is happening this afternoon. Well, I'm definitely going to come back and that's how I'm going to spend my evening. And it's a fun, it's a fun, different way to enjoy Los Angeles as opposed to just, you know, yeah, maybe you're creating more than a one-off thing. You know, you're creating a community around uh, these concepts, which is, it's, it's really obviously the people behind the project originally and now yourself, you know, you're doing, (laughs) doing it in a very interesting, smart way that were, again, there's so many different layers and there's so many different ways to engage. And, you know, from, from all these different levels that we've talked about from the website to the physical space, to the workshops, to, you know, to all of that. So it's, it's, it's very, uh, very, very big project, actually, I must say. It is, is, but it's fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when people do come and they, they learn something new or they, you know, it helps them realize they're less alone and they feel more connected. And it's, it's a really, it's a fun, you know, it's fun to explore all of these different aspects and it's fun for the people who are involved also to be able to explore their practice in the frame of broken relationships and get more people exposed to say art therapy or feng shui or, sociology and or writing poetry exactly or writing poetry yeah yeah I like I like the term entry point that there's just so many different entry points that also you know take this idea I mean just art as kind of a very broad thing you know it can be all Mm -hmm. different kinds of art and it can be a museum but it also can be all these all these other things you know, I have to, I would like to just put the spotlight on you for a moment, if you don't oh, mind. I, no, it's okay, but I'm just curious because, you know, you said uh, you threw your resume in and now you're the director of the of a museum. So how did that happen? What, what is a little bit about yourself? I do like to, you know, this is a show about artists and creatives who start things or involved with things and you are now running this thing. So give me a little short uh, five minutes. What, what's Alex Hyde's background and, and how did you get to be? Uh, how did I get here? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I ended up, uh, well, hmm, how do I start? I moved here a little over 10 years ago and with a goal of being in art. And it, when I was thinking about after school, you know, where do I want to go? Do I want to go to New York? Do I want to go to London, San Francisco, LA? And I really, the idea about Los Angeles and our art world here really resonated with me that it really felt like anything was possible, that Los Angeles has always been a city of, you know, that was open to new types of 
creativity and it's, you know, there's not like a regimented path of what success looks like here. You know, where the, you know, we, this is where movies started and that was crazy. Who's going to, you know, watch this thing. Why would anybody sit down and watch this moving picture and then talkies that's insane and TV who, who's going to do these things and people took chances and then, you know, it became amazing. And with that, was something that I really wanted to be a part of with the art world is the same kind of thing. Like this is unprecedented territory for us. It's not as established as it can be in Europe and or uh, New York, for instance. And it was, that's what really attracted to me about the city. And I started working at for galleries and architects and artists throughout this year and museums, um, designers, kind of working in project management and with that, I really kind of took on a specialty of, oh, you've never done this before? No one's ever done this before? Yeah, I can, I can probably figure this out. And <laughs> it started off with, you know, the first project I worked on was a Carl Andre show, sourcing metal tiles for him. And, uh, you know, in an extremely impossible way of how are we going to find zinc tiles that are 19 by 19 by three eighths of an inch thick um, and successfully doing that to you know, working for Doug Aiken and helping him with his films and sculptures. And by the uh, way, well, for those that, for the, just for those that don't know, those are two very heavy hitting, well-known contemporary artists. So you have really worked <laughs> with some of the top there. In fact, Doug Aiken's show at MoCA right now is phenomenal. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's oh, amazing. It's amazing. So, a little plug for that. But anyway, so yeah, so you, so I like how you have engaged with, uh, artists and 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 I and you have this go-getter like you're saying this go-getter attitude of like let's make something happen you have I love you got a project I'll make it happen that's fantastic. exactly and I think that was you know and that's the beautiful thing about LA is just you know in the the knee-jerk reaction is let's try you know let's do this because when you when you go big you can the rewards can be huge and you know we're also used to, you know, dreaming big and some big failures, which I think is why the museum itself resonates as much, so much in LA is because people really identify with that because we really do go out on a limb all the time. People come here with big dreams and that can yeah. be big failure, but also it can mean huge rewards. And we're all a little bit, you know, dreamers and yeah. it's really wonderful. And with that is, you know, why I think, or why I know John was really, knew that LA would be the best fit for this museum because of our, you know, just creative, like maverick attitude that we have here where, you know, this is how it works. And this is how we just, you know, you just try and you'll fail and then you'll try again. And that's what the museum's about. And that's just the human experience. And we really embrace that here. Yeah. It's, yeah. All of what you said is perfect. I mean, my, this show it focuses on, you know, innovative projects, and uh, there's never a shortage in Los Angeles. We are lucky that there is a free spirit <laughs> attitude out here, and it just is mm -hmm. kind of like the Wild West of common. Uh, I was just it. about to say that. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was just, it's that Wild West attitude never really went away. It's yeah. really ingrained yeah. in our creative culture, and it's, it's beautiful. Well, your Croatian sister artist, uh, must be so thrilled with with the LA location, I'm sure, because wow, you know, here a tourist comes through their space, and then there's a, a brick, you know, there's a, a museum in LA of of their project. It must be so fulfilling to them. How do you how do you engage with them? Are you kind of 
aligned with the space? I mean, obviously your website is kind of, you can go, the website shows both locations. You can kind of go to the Zagreb site, you can go to the LA site. And I'm just curious how it works across, across the world in terms of the relationship with the people who run and mm-hmm. conceive and run their space. Yeah, it's very much, you know, like probably, I mean, it's obviously on a smaller scale, but like how Tate or Guggenheim or, you know, major galleries like Hauser and Wirth or Gagosian, where you've got a very, you know, underlying message of that you're trying to achieve, but also catering it to the specific locations. And, you know, their advice is invaluable. They've been doing this for 10 years. And then also, you know, the trust of, okay, you know, you know, Los Angeles better than I do. This is what worked for us, but, and this is what's worked in say San Francisco or Mexico city, but you know, what's going to work in LA and the same way of, you know, I don't know what might work in Zagreb, you know, it's a, it's a different, that's where like the programming is really where we're able to, you know, push our boundaries of, you know, engaging our specific communities versus uh, trying to make something work that happens in Zagreb versus LA. And, but the, the thing that ties everything together is the mission of the objects and the stories that are told and that cohesive, you know, underlying human storyline of this is something that happens everywhere. Donate, you're not alone. And it's, you know, that it's always trying to, you know, that's the tether that binds us is that this, conceptual art piece that they've that they conceived 10 years ago or even longer ago when they were breaking up ends up being you know one of the more profound pieces of conceptual art I've ever been in maybe the one piece isn't a piece of art necessarily but the overall and the feeling and the yeah the the project has the project and then being able to go out and see how other things are going to tie into it and it's really you know, that's, it's, it's really wonderful that we, we have this going all over the world. Absolutely. I'm going to leave it there because our 30 minutes, which goes so quickly when you're talking about uh, interesting <laughs> stuff, I know already 30 minutes have flown by and I'd rather leave people wanting more than, than less. <laughs> so I'm just going to urge our listeners to go and engage with the, with the website, uh, brokenships.com, read the stories, see the images, and then there's, you know, get on the mail list, go to the programs, you know, engage however mm-hmm. you'd like to. Um, but the at the very least, it's so easy to just uh, go on the website and, and spend a, a little while uh, going through people's memories and thinking of your own. And um, it, it really is a, a meaningful, so innovative uh, project. I'm, I'm a geeky fan. Oh, <laughs> and oh Yes, absolutely. And I'm sure we've made many fans today by having oh, you come you. Talk, uh, talk on the show. And I will post it everywhere. And I hope you do too. And I can't wait to engage uh, in the space physically as well. I'm I'm, I, you do have openings and, and um, programs, like we said, and I, you're going to see me at one of those for sure. Alex, thank you for being my okay. guest today. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. And I'm going to thank everyone for listening and uh, remind you to uh, not only go to brokenships.com, but we this podcast is a product of justinc.com, and we are a company that was founded by and for artists, and you can go to our website, just-inc.com for a plethora of free resources and uh, things about 
building a professional career in the arts. The, uh, um, the archive of my show is on there, and um, this one, I'm sure, is going to be a favorite. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Signing off for Just Do It. <laughs>